0: And thank God Renee Vitali is back. I missed you. Me too. God, I I, I I've gotta tell you, I got so sick of the sound of my own voice about three minutes <laughs> in. Stop it. And it's a big news day. So uh Oh, it, there's stuff going on today, huh? A little something. <laughs> Coming up, we're gonna be talking about your favorite candle flavor. No. <laughs> um so of course the uh midnight uh strike deadline came and went, the UAW and the big three. Um, obviously have not reached a contract deal. Um, yesterday, it sounded like they're making progress. Both GM and Ford have offered a 20% pay pay increase, and the UAW is coming down from their, their 40% request to 35%. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the uh, strike has started. Um, it's this, this stand-up strike where um, it, some some plants will be striking, others won't.
1: Right, so GM Wentzville Assembly in Missouri, Mm -hmm. Stellantis Toledo Assembly in Ohio, and then Ford Assembly Plant, uh, Ford Michigan Assembly Plant here in Wayne.
0: Right, and so that's that that that's one of each, and of course, this whole time, um, you know, the speculation was they were going to strike all three of the big three at the same time, which they're doing. Um, The other speculation that hasn't come to pass yet. Um, has been that they might not necessarily strike assembly plants themselves. They'll, they'll strike parts plants and then effectively shut down the uh, 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 assembly plants because there's no parts. Um, that doesn't seem to be the case yet. Maybe that's something they do later on down the line when they want to ratchet up the pressure. Right.
1: So it means for the rest of the workers, they continue working just with an expired contract.
0: Yeah. And yeah, Sean Fain has been very, very clear. He's saying this is not an extension because right. I guess that's what they used to do in the past. They used to extend it hour by hour. They used to extend it day by day until they um, got a new contract. Uh, he has made it uh, very clear that this is an expired contract. And, and the fact that, uh, you know, Sean Fain kind of zigged when everyone thought he w- he was going to zag makes sense. Because he's, he's also said implicitly that this stand-up rolling strike uh, strategy was implicitly... Meant to keep the big three kind of off balance and and confused. Right.
1: You brought up an interesting point with the stand up strike. Is it going to make this go on longer?
0: Right. And I'm so curious to see how how, how this this works out because um you know the, the normal playbook is you pick one company and you strike against them. Right. Um,
1: we've never seen this before. Yeah.
0: And so this one kind of feels like it's ripping off a bandaid slowly, Mm -hmm. uh, instead of fast with the, op, with the option to make that uh, band bandaid rip a little more painful as it goes on. Right. So we'll see. Um, I, I mean, we're five hours in the uh, pictures on local four. Um, there are robust picket lines, uh, both Toledo and Wayne.
1: Yeah. About a couple hundred people. It looked like.
0: Yeah, and uh, they're picketing 24 hours, and here we are. This is where everyone thought we were going to be headed, and I'm not sure when. I'm sure that uh, the big three will uh, send the UAW new um, contract proposals. Um, I believe that they were negotiating. All three uh, companies for the first time were at Solidary House. Uh, negotiating last night up until midnight, and I'm I'm I, I, I'm sure I'm sure those are going on. It's
1: going to be an interesting day today. See how this plays out. Day one.
0: Yep, day one of question mark right. and uh, the Teamsters Union, the the one made infamous by Jimmy Hoffa. They are standing with the UAW. Uh, they will not deliver Ford, GM, or Stellantis vehicles during the strike. So that might give the UAW um, a little bit more leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, And we are finally hearing uh, when people can get these new COVID booster shots that were approved earlier this week.
1: Yep, Now that they've been approved by the FDA, major pharmacy chains are starting to schedule patients for the vaccines. The shots are approved for almost all Americans over the age of six months. CVS said that the new shots are now available at some pharmacies. All locations are expected to have the vaccines in stock by early next week. Walgreens said patients can begin scheduling vaccine appointments now. Uh, administration of the vaccines will begin Monday for all stores. However, Walgreens said some stores may begin offering the vaccine prior to Monday as inventory arrives at its locations.
0: Yeah, and I don't see there being a long wait for these like the first time it came sure. out. People aren't as as freaked out about COVID and also um, people are going to have to pay out of their pocket if, they, if they're not covered by insurance. Which will change things up for sure. So I think if you want a COVID shot, you can get a COVID shot. There you go. Uh, yesterday, NASA released a 33-page report on UFOs that it's been working on for over a year, and the report reveals nothing, really.
1: This, I, I can't believe so much time was spent on this in the news yesterday. Well,
0: here's here's the other thing. If, if there's nothing to report other than they have appointed someone uh, to be head of UFO research, but they're identity is secret right which I kind of like that from a showmanship angle <laughs> and essentially it said oh we need more science behind this what do you need 33 pages for to write write that
1: well did you hear why they they are not telling you who this person is
0: because um they're afraid the men in black are gonna go after him no. I don't know <laughs>
1: they said to protect the person from being hassled by people with strong feelings about UFOs
0: yeah well I mean that's astute but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like, there, the headlines were all over the place. NASA has released its report on UFOs or UAPs, unidentified anomalous phenomena. I'm going to keep calling them UFOs.
1: Yeah, right. Anonymous. I can't even get the word out.
0: Right, <laughs> UFOs. Keep there it simple. Right. At least in Mexico. Now, they held... <laughs> They held a hearing on, on, on aliens earlier this week, and they brought on some journalists, and he brought in a couple of mum- mummified bodies that he claimed to be 1,000-year-old th- alien corpses they found near Peru. I, I don't know. Renee, to me, the bodies kind of look like Uh, They built a statue of Yoda out of sand.
1: Uh, This looked like the cheap clearance stuff that you could buy at Spirit Halloween for (laughs) decoration.
0: Right. The reason I'm (laughs) skeptical of this is because these things look like what we imagine aliens to look like. I would think real aliens would look <laughs> like, nothing like we expect. Like a real alien's probably an amoeba.
1: Yeah, it's probably nothing like, yeah, the big eyes, the skinny little bodies, the right. long arms. And these look like they were made out of papier-mâché or something. I don't know.
0: Now, now in like. the past, you know, in the past, th- there have been claims that, that, you know, these mummified corpses... Have been Asian alien bodies, but every time they've done every time they've done um, testing, it turned out to be human bodies.
1: Usually, young children, mummified th- children. Yeah. yeah, so
0: that's creepy, right? But yeah, if if you have not seen it, and maybe I'll post a picture of this on our Twitter at <laughs> WJR Radio. Those al- those aren't aliens. No,
1: no, this was somebody's art project right. or something. <laughs>
0: He went to his kid's fourth grade class, and they were yep. learning paper mache Exactly. He said, hey, I got a big hearing next week. You got to come <laughs> up with something. <laughs> right. uh, real quick, we're up against it, but, uh, you know, you and I were talking. We need to start a segment called DCMZ, you know, all the hot goss in the world of, of politics. Uh, yesterday, um, the shoe we were waiting to drop dropped. Hunter Biden's been indicted by special counsel David Weiss for lying about drug use on a federal background check form to purchase a firearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember back in July, they had a plea deal and it literally fell apart um, in court because they couldn't uh, agree, both Hunter Biden's legal team and uh, prosecutors couldn't agree on, on terms of the plea deal and what they're immune from. And yesterday, it sounded like things got loud with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy with a closed-door meeting, he said with uh, some members of the House GOP. He was heard yelling, if you want to file a motion to vacate or, you know, start removing them, then file the bleeping motion.
1: Oh, good, good self-editing.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, McCarthy is allegedly, he's fed up with members of the Freedom Caucus. They're the far-right contingent in the House of Reps, members Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, and a number of others. They're holding up pa- uh, passing of a defense funding uh, bill until more of their demands regarding the spending bill are met. And, of course, Democrats and Republicans are trying to pass that defense funding bill as part of the overall spending bill, which, if it's not passed by the end of the month, it's going to cause the government shutdown. Right Now, McCarthy and the Freedom Caucus, uh, they're at odds a lot because they kind of have him over the barrel. Back when um, he was trying to become Speaker of the House, they were holding up the voting process by not voting him in. Um, and they finally voted him in after uh, he agreed to a stipulation that it only takes one person to bring about a vote to remove him from the speakership. And so they've been kind of holding him hostage since then.
1: Yeah, uh, and and it boiled over. Mm-hmm. His frustration boiled over. And uh, he later told the reporters, I showed frustration in here because I'm frustrated with some people in the conference.
0: Right, and so good for him for finally standing up for himself. But he never should have made the deal in the first place. It's like someone coming up to you say. saying... All right, Renee. Here is your, uh, here is your dream job, but you can't do this, this, and this. And oh, by the way, at a moment's notice, um, y- your job could be under review, and you could be fired. And eventually, you just say, "To hell with it." Find some other SAP, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So, and use some colorful language, like he did.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I don't think, at least when it comes to a defense spending bill, if the Freedom Caucus got upset and wanted to remove them, I don't think they would have the Votes because it would look very bad if you remove someone overfunding the military.
1: That That's not a good look.
0: No, it's a bad look, especially if you're, uh, you know, the party that's supposed to be big supporters of them. Uh, we're a little bit late. Surprise, surprise. It's first thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. With Renee Vitale and uh, to no one's surprise, the midnight deadline to reach a deal between the UAW and a big three. Uh, I'm sorry, I like, laughed. Some fly just flew at Renee's face I, on the eighth floor. How
1: did a fly get in here?
0: <clears throat> I'm trying to read the news, Mr. Sorry. Fly. It's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> uh, the big three is on strike because they could not reach a uh, they could not reach a a deal uh, with the UAW on a new contract. And Sean Fain released the uh, first list list of marching orders and, and the first Three plants um, to strike.
1: Yep, GM Wentzville, Missouri, Jeep Stellantis in Toledo, and the Ford Assembly plant here in Wayne.
0: So, and, uh, you know, like uh, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's, it's, it's not the strategy everyone thought they were going to in part. They thought they were going to um, um, strike at parts plants uh, at first to kind of effectively shut down the other plants. But uh, this this is just the opening gambit. This is a new thing he's calling a stand up strike where um certain plants will strike others won't, and then that gives the u a w uh that gives the u a w um uh, the option to ratchet up the pressure and give them more leverage if the negotiations are not going the way they want. So
1: it does mean that the the other workers do remain working. Yes. Um it just means that they are working without a contract right now and can be called to strike at any moment.
0: Yeah, and it's uh it is designed to keep the uh the big 3 um guessing and and kind of off-kilter. Right. Uh, we're finding out what convicted murderer Danilo Cavalcante was planning on doing after he escaped from a Philadelphia area prison, leading police on a manhunt for two weeks. Turns out his plan was to carjack someone, which I think he succeeded a couple times. Did he steal a, like a dairy truck or yeah, something? Yeah,
1: it was a dairy van.
0: And escaped to Canada um, before he was caught. He's now back in jail serving out his life sentence for murder. He's actually facing additional charges for escaping... Does escaping to Canada actually work?
1: I don't know how that's possible because if they ask for right. your documentation like they do at the tunnel, right? how are you going to cross? Right there, that puts a stop to it.
0: Well, and it's been a while since I've been 19 going over to Windsor. But I do remember it was a lot easier to get into Canada than it was to get back into the United States.
1: There's that. They
0: said, uh, you, you know, you, you show up at the Canadian border. Where are you going? Okay, have fun. Ullat Street. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then you 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 like you're you're trying to get back in. You have every single piece of documentation, and they still put you in the interrogation room.
2: Yeah.
1: What were you doing?
0: Yeah. What are you doing?
1: Ullat Street.
0: Poutine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How many bombs you have in your trunk? None, sir.
1: Just Jager bombs consumed.
0: <laughs> right. All the Jager bombs are currently working their way through my liver. Right. Um. But here, the other thing is. The United States has a pretty good relationship with Canada. If once Cavalcante was caught in Canada, would not it be very easy for them to extradite him back here?
1: Yeah, I don't know what his thought process was on this one.
0: Well, I I guess maybe when you're uh, when you've escaped prison and you're on the run for, from authorities, it's kind of just uh, you're, you're 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 kind of probably just improvising off the top of your head. And the hero who actually helped bring Cavalcante down. Uh, is becoming somewhat of a celebrity.
1: Yeah, Yoda, the dog who took him down has ties to Metro Detroit. Who knew? I didn't
0: know it was a local dog. Yeah,
1: he's a four-year-old Belgian. I'm going to probably blow this, but Malinois.
0: Malinois, yeah, it's French. Uh, I had to I had to Google that myself. Yeah,
1: Malinois. Looks name like was, a
0: German shepherd.
1: He does. He he works with the Detroit Border Patrol Unit. He's being called America's top dog. Uh, he's the same breed of dog who uh, was used for the Bin Laden raid as wow. well. Yeah, he gets all the good boy treats for that
0: one. Yeah, he does. And, uh, Jay Freeman running our board yesterday. You had kind of a funny line uh, about uh, Yoda, the, the police
3: dog. Oh, I don't even remember what line of that said. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if I knew that, I oh, would just I remember. I I, I want to say um I guess the force was not with that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. There it is.
3: Well, if I if I knew Jay forgot,
0: I would have just stolen in taking credit. <laughs> I would out of mind. <laughs> it's very generous of you. Um and, and it turns out that while everyone was looking for Cavalcante, uh there was another pretty Uh, crazy prisoner escape in Washington, D.C.
1: Yeah, this Christopher Haynes, he's been on the run for a week since escaping from police custody at George Washington University Hospital on September 6th. He's 30 years old. Uh, He had been arrested earlier in the day on murder charges relating to an August 12th shooting in the district. He's still at large and awaits a trial. Now, the contrast between the two manhuts has been stark. You know, while we were all watching Cavalcante, Haynes has basically dropped off off the map. Police were able to provide an image last week of him wearing a black t-shirt and gray sh- briefs. He's in his
0: drawers. Well <laughs> it may, maybe that's because he escaped from the hospital.
1: I, I, yeah that's probably right and he's been he was moving through a local backyard. The only updates since then have been offering a $25,000 reward for information leading to his capture and then they increased the reward to 30000 providing additional details about the escape. So yeah, this guy's on the run. Well, obviously And no one's talking about
0: it. You know, much like somebody wasn't paying attention in the, the tower, uh, when Cavalcante was uh escaped, uh what's the name of this guy again? Uh it is Christopher Haynes. Um obviously someone at the hospital wasn't paying attention when Christopher Haynes escaped because yeah, I mean it's pretty standard procedure. Um to have a suspect in a hospital, and, and, and they have the lockdown procedure down. So obviously somebody messed up, and maybe Cavalcanti helped them because, uh, you know, you got, look over here, here's Cavalcante, and now this guy's kind of secretly uh, escaping without well, detection. The
1: Cavalcante is so much more dramatic with the crab walk and right. all that other stuff, and this guy just kind of escaped maybe with his booty hanging out in a hospital <laughs> gown.
0: Right. I mean, you, you want to... <laughs> At least, he, hopefully, he's got some pants by now. Right. <laughs> uh, Renee, you sent me a. You know, this is one of those fun little stories. It's a Friday. You know, it's it's been very heavy news today.
1: Let's lighten it up.
0: Yeah, and, and the the secret of radio people is we do not want to do heavy news on Friday. We don't. We're just we're we're just like you. We want to <laughs> phone it in and have an easy day, <laughs> yeah. but. This story really spoke to me because it reminded me of some. Uh, uh, entrepreneurial ideas that I've had in the past. Who
1: knew? Uh, There's a British company called Yell that's an online directory similar to the phone book and they're in the process of developing a perfume that smells like the Yellow Pages. They say it's a timeless and familiar scent and it's been created to transport the mind and the senses back to the past when we used to experience the joy of carrying around a five pound phone book and more specifically they say that the fragrance has notes of Bergamot and lemon, followed by the rich woody sense of cedar and musk with sweet vanilla.
0: So this is supposed to be like a nostalgia thing. Yes. Smell is 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 a very powerful sense. It triggers a lot of memories. Yeah. I'm nostalgic for a lot of things. Uh the phone book is not one of no. them. No. But I have been sitting on a couple of ideas, and I'm just gonna throw it out here because I'm never gonna follow through with it. So if you want to take these ideas and become a millionaire, uh I don't know, just give me some free product. I have always had two ideas for scented candles that could could maybe translate over to to perfume.
1: And what is that?
0: First one, Target. It smells like Starbucks and popcorn. It immediately puts you in a good mood. And other stores can actually burn it to put people in the mood to spend money. Because as soon as you walk into Target, you're like Joker from 1989 Batman. You're just ready to throw your money around.
1: You are such a basic B.
0: I am. I'm a basic bee at heart. I'm wearing my uh, Uggs and my scarf today.
1: It's fall, y'all.
0: Yeah, it's fall, y'all. Live, laugh, love. Uh, number two, kind of along the lines of, of Yellow Pages, video store. It smells like plastic video cassettes and those cases that they used to come in. Yes. Pure nostalgia. And honestly, the scent of that would probably bring me to tears. Wouldn't
1: it be great if it came in the video case? And you popped it open. Oh,
0: that would be great. That would be awesome. You have you're onto on
1: to something, you Parsons.
0: To, thank you. So, uh, you know, I've, I don't have a, a business bone in my body. So, uh, you know, um, get uh, this
1: guy on Shark Tank.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, Dan Gilbert, if you're out there and you're looking to diversify, <laughs> go ahead and steal my scented candle ideas. It's first thing with Mike Parsons or Renee Vitale at WJR. And most of the crew is back. Obviously, Renee is uh, back. She's been with me all morning. Uh, Jamie and Guy are back uh, from the auto show. Show and uh, Lloyd is actually on assignment today.
2: Yeah, there's something big going on. Yeah, and Wayne, I hadn't heard.
0: Yeah, uh, giveaways. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Wayne. Obviously, uh, the the uh, midnight deadline has come and gone to no one's surprise. The UAW striking against the big three. Um, what are the three plants there, Renee? You had it right, uh, Westfield,
4: Missouri. Toledo Wrangler and the Wayne Assembly Plant, Michigan Assembly Plant down in Wayne.
0: Wow, yep. Renee's got a cold. Uh, <laughs> and Lloyd is actually Lloyd is actually man on the street today down at uh, the uh, Wayne Assembly Plant. So we'll be checking with him all morning. We
4: will be down there at, at this point. Um, it's interesting. Sean Fain came down, made some comments as soon as they went out on strike. So really, only a, a few thousand Detroiters on strike right now. Thirteen thousand nationwide. Um. Totally, this is a totally different strike than we've ever seen before. This is like a frog in the pot strike. Right. You know, you're slowly turning up the heat.
1: Well, and that was a question that we had. Is this going to prolong it because they're not all striking at once? Do you see that, that this could make things go on much longer? I don't know. We've never been here right. before. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uncharted. This is yeah. truly,
4: and I mean, this is what uh, Mark Royce has said and others. This is uncharted waters. So um, my question is... Um, before, if you went out on strike, you were on a strike there with your brothers and sisters from the same company, you were all in the same boat. Right. Right now, the folks at Michigan Assembly are carrying the load for everybody else Mm -hmm. in the Ford system, right? Mm -hmm. And then Wentzville's carrying it for GM and down until. Is that over time going to kind of erode the solidarity that, hey, we're the only ones getting the 500 bucks a week? Well, and the rest w- of y'all
0: are doing OK. Right. I was wondering the same thing, because I'm wondering if, yeah, you've got you've got certain plants striking, getting the strike pay while everyone else provided their plan is still open. Um, you know, they're 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 making the, the the same amount they were before the strike. Does that open the door for the big three to come in and say, hey, you know, this really isn't fair. Like, uh, if, if if you guys want to go back to your normal, maybe maybe play a little ball with us. I, I, I wonder if, if that is going to uh, make them run out of patience quicker. Well, and the other thing that they're
4: saying, and they're not wrong, and, and we'll hear from Mary Barra in a few minutes here. She's saying, hey, you're giving aid to the enemy here. Tesla pays you 40% less than we do, and you've just given them a competitive advantage. Yes, So, you know, these are the battle lines that are being drawn. It's going to be interesting to see uh, how that plays amongst the rank and file. Um, And, you know, then there's the the court of public opinion in America in general who would say, wow, they're getting a 20 percent pay increase in four years. I'd sure like me some of that. So there may be some resentment there saying, why aren't you taking that deal? The other side might be. And this is what Sean Fain is banking on. Other auto, workers at other automakers are going to say, hey, where do I sign up for the UAW? Because I want some of that.
0: Well, and we I could don't cut both ways. I don't know what's so, so what what's more surprising. If, if GM and Ford, and I don't know if Stellantis has followed suit, but GM and Ford, they're already offering a 20% uh, pay raise. And the UAW has come down a little bit saying, okay, instead of 40%, we'll take 35%.
2: Yeah. I mean, they've come up halfway, which is farther than anyone thought they would in the beginning. Right. So... It just seems like Sean Fain is not only fighting for the, the UAW workers, but he has this broader picture of fighting for the worker in general. In yeah, our I think, country.
0: yeah, I think he said this is a he, he said this is a fight for the entire working class. So um, J.R. Morning will have this this covered from all angles all morning. So there's no reason to, to change your station. Meanwhile, it's going to be a very interesting weekend of football of course um Sunday Ford Field everyone's going to be wearing their uh, masks <laughs> because of CJ Gardner-Johnson's call to action and uh it's going as Lloyd as Lloyd's been saying it's going to be a playoff like atmosphere at Ford Field um this week and let's let's say they uh meet expectations again i can only imagine uh how rocking that place is going to be Jamie i know that you uh, we're down in Kansas City. You went into the locker room mm-hmm. after um, they opened the season uh, with the win against the Chiefs. That had to have been a blast.
2: It was really fun. I'll tell you that with all the Lions fans everywhere and how loud Arrowhead is. Inside the locker room, they were excited. The music was blaring, but they all were quick to say, this is just one win. This is what right. we knew we could do. Quote, we're built for this, but we have to move forward. We're one know,
0: And those are the two things you kept hearing. That's one, and we're built for this, which I think shows... Um, Dan Campbell, the way he's able to not only, you know, get the culture changed and everyone on the same page, but, but the messaging that he's been able to drill into his players' heads.
2: 100% culture.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, MSU, I'm going to be very interested to see what the uh, atmosphere is like at uh, MSU tomorrow as they host Washington. I mean, that that was a game that was going to be tough for them to win anyway. Uh, you got Michael Penix Jr., who who might be a Heisman uh, finalist this year. Uh, but, of course, you've got that you've got that dark cloud hanging over East Lansing. And I, I'm just wondering what the crowd is going to be like tomorrow.
2: I'd have to imagine a little subdued, right? Unless people come together and want to support the players who've yeah. done nothing wrong sure. and, you know, the program overall. I, I think more of the latter.
4: Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of sympathy for those young men. And to say, look, you got to set apart. If you're a member of Spartan Nation, love Spartan Nation for all of its warts on the other side, put it past you. Support the kids. Well,
1: hope they can catch a break around there soon. It just seems like the hits keep coming.
0: Well, what better way to start moving on and what a better way to catch a break than upsetting uh i think washington's number eight uh upsetting the number eight uh uh a team in the country which is a uh it, you know it, it is a tall ask but nothing's impossible so we'll see and yeah i don't i don't think there'd be any animosity towards the players i, I just thought maybe the it, it might be kind of dirge like so we'll see i'll be tuning in and uh it's at michigan's last game without jim harbaugh so Uh, All that and more coming up on JR. Morning. And search First Thing WJR wherever you find your podcast. It's First Thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Michigan Secretary of State
1: Jocelyn Benson put calls to keep Donald Trump off the ballot in Michigan to rest after an op-ed in Washington where she says she will not do so without a
3: ruling from the Supreme Court.
0: Secretary Benson discusses
3: the topic with Kevin Dietz on All Talk. Welcome back to the show. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, a Democrat, has stated that former President Donald Trump will be included on the state's primary ballot in February 2024 unless a court decision intervenes. This announcement comes in response to activist Robert Davis' request to declare Trump ineligible due to allegations of insurrection related to the events of January 6th. Twenty Twenty One. The Michigan Bureau of Elections determined that state law does not explicitly grant Benson the authority to make eligibility decisions for candidates. The decision anticipated to lead to some legal challenges, so this could go on. Uh, Jocelyn Benson in a Washington Post column argued that the courts, particularly the Supreme Court, are the proper venue to determine a candidate's eligibility under the Constitution. And she emphasized the importance of allowing voters and political parties the freedom to choose their preferred candidate. And joining us now is michigan secretary of state jocelyn benson good morning
5: hi good morning how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for
3: being with us today um can you explain the the request from robert davis and, and the reasons given uh to want to take donald trump off the ballot in michigan and then what kind of went into this decision making process
5: sure i mean first i'll say as secretary of state my job is to follow the law and uphold the constitution and protect democracy And this determination that I talked about in the Washington Post yesterday was not directly related to any requests our office has received, although the Bureau of Elections has responded to those requests. Uh, Michigan law is clear. Any individual who is generally advocated by the national news media to be a potential presidential candidate, along with those recommended by state political parties, must appear on the primary ballot. And what has been increasingly clear, clear to me as well over the last several weeks, as it's almost been a month now, that nearly every day I'm answering questions about this to voters, to citizens, and the media uh, is that uh, secretaries of state should not be determining the, the facts and the legal interpretations that are tied up in this really unprecedented application of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. As as an election law scholar, as a former law professor, as an academic, I very much appreciate the intellectual challenge of this question. But as a Secretary of State, it's not my job to, uh, to come down on one side or the other. It would be just as inappropriate for me to do that as it would be for me to Um, entertain questions or challenges to someone's birth date or where someone was born, those factual determinations belong in the court of law. And that's how I believe this important question should also play out.
3: You can't be surprised that everywhere you go, people are asking you about this, or your phone lines are ringing up, or your email is full. I mean, it is pretty wild. Uh, you know, you're talking about um, the, the top candidate on one side. Uh, in, in, in multiple states, uh, there have been requests to, to take the top candidate off the ballot. The, the Democrats probably love it, and Republicans are probably screaming, uh, it's unfair. Uh, so, so obviously, a, a lot of Focus on this here and around the country.
5: Yeah, and I would say I think folks on both sides are upset. Folks on both sides are (laughs) right. It's not, you know, for me. It I do see my my role is in many ways the referee in situations like this. And to look back and say, you know, how do we ensure any decisions we make in this office are abiding by and creating a precedent? that would ensure this issue is not easily weaponized in the future by officials who would try to um, block candidates from the ballot simply because they disagree with them politically. And recognizing that states are likely to be sued either way, either by supporters of a candidate who's left off the ballot or candidate's opponents if that candidate is put on the ballot, uh, you know, we recognize that this is still an unresolved legal issue. But it became increase, increasingly, increasingly clear to me, especially as you know, I've, I've written a book on the role of secretaries of state 15 years ago, and this has been a centerpiece of my whole career, that this office needs to be uh, focused on ensuring that elections are run well, uh, that voters are clear on how to participate in our elections, that people can trust the results of the election to be accurate. We shouldn't be tangled up in, in these legal interpretations that are much better left to the courts.
3: Yeah, you know you're doing a good job when both sides are mad at you, when everybody's <laughs> mad at you. What were, were there any legal precedents to 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 look back at, or or, or was there nothing uh, like this that you could that you could work from, and you just had to do read into the Constitution?
5: You know, we we've never, as a country, really grappled with this question of someone running for president who had you know allegedly was well i'll just say is facing several criminal indictments for among other things allegedly being involved in an insurrection there are you know serious legal questions here and i think it's an important conversation to have it's important that our judicial system examine this question it's but it is unprecedented and in you know in that regard i think we'll see a lot of different decisions made in various states and hopefully a A clarifying decision ultimately by the United States Supreme Court on this. We don't know when that could come. It could become before the primaries, after the primaries, after the nomination, or even after the election of a candidate that would be challenged in this way. And so, recognizing all of that, uh, you know I wanted to not just pull myself out of this process, but my colleagues across the country who are being almost universally targeted as the decision points in this in this issue, when we really should't be, it really needs to be up to the courts and ultimately the u.s Supreme Court to decide this issue
3: yeah, there's always push and pull between uh, the state and federal uh, with election mm-hmm. authorities uh, and you want and you want people to feel uh, confident uh, moving forward Do you- that was uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn
0: Benson, and all talk talking uh, putting to rest um, any rumors that Donald Trump will be kept off the ballot. It's first thing.